Are you ready? A Shot of Wrestling, episode 205. And away we go! Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more razor. Strict plan, it's a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. This week in a shot of wrestling, interview with the AirPod God, Rich Holiday, WWE roster release recap, Killer Cross kills, and his debut and more. Thank you, Jimmy, for that great introduction. So if you're ready and willing, I'm able here with our co-host, Mr. Mark Schwan, or should I say Hollywood Mark Schwan. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. I told that to Putty. I'm going to tell it to you. I am your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwan. Why does it feel like you're hazing me already? Like, I'm taking over this show for this episode as host, and you're already hazing me. I got to give you tough love, Putty. Uh, sorry, Abel. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just, it's just instinct for me. <laughs> you know, MJP is taking the week off this week, and I have taken over host duties. Haven't done this in a while. But if you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also email us if you like at inbox at ashotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005. And that's a shot of wrestling soon to be open promo hotline. Want to know what that is all about? Stay tuned because we have developing news that maybe we could release throughout this episode. But Mark, how has your week been? Uh, you know, quarantine. <laughs> You know, I, I, I joke around with Jimmy because it, it, it feels like Groundhog Day every day. Like you get used yeah, to doing the same thing over and over. And some of the times I don't even get out of my PJs. I, you know, see, I haven't really had an episode of one of those. I've been doing my thing. I've been setting a schedule. I'm boring you, obviously. <laughs> I just need some refreshments. It is a shot of wrestling. It is a shot of wrestling. I have to say, honestly, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real with you, Abel. It was a bad week it okay. was a very bad week for me. I don't want to keep it real. You know, I, I am an actor. It's not just a gimmick. That's something I really am. Uh, I found out some bad news about my industry. Found out, like, I'm going to be out of work for longer than I anticipated. A lot of things are changing. They not take the news so well. You know, especially, like, you know, already it was a trying week. It's the fifth week of quarantine felt like you know the walls were caving in i felt like you know the plants that me and my wife had for this year were just completely gone mm. and you know me i'm a man with a plan i'm a man with you know i always have like an action plan if plans change i adapt i'm able to move with it but you know this was like really trying for me and uh you know and then that happened i found out that news and that was that was the breaking point for me hit the bottle a little bit not gonna lie I never cried in the shower before, so that happened. What what <laughs> bottle did you take? Did you take the good shit? I took the good shit. Yo, I had a great, <laughs> I had a, I had a great bar actually. Abel, you've been over my place a few times. I have, and the, you know what? I do appreciate the the first time that we ever did go to your to your place. There was a, a great bottle of red that you had. I don't even remember. I think I took a picture Dude, of it because I wanted I don't to drink know. it again. 
but it was the most exquisite bottle of red that I've had ever in my lifetime. Of course. But of course, no, nothing the, but the best for Hollywood. The, especially for my guests. Um, but dude, so I had extensive bar beforehand, and now, my God, it's dwindling. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I need to replenish that bar pretty fast. And we're in the fifth week. Um, but I got to tell you, so I made a pretty bad decision that day I found out the news, other than drinking. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like, you know, my schedule's done for the rest of the day. I found out the news at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I'm drinking. I turn on WWE Network. I, I want. I want. I want to feel inspired, maybe, right? So I watched. Did you watch the 24 episode of Edge? Oh yeah, great, great, uh, great show. Not a good one to watch. Oh no! Oh. When you find out some really <laughs> bad news like that. Oh, Mark. <laughs> when Edge was. You're absolutely about, right. <laughs> when he was talking about how like his career was taken from him. Yeah. And it's. I was like. Again, I the get you, man. Again. I get it. It's taken from me too right now, man. I yeah. get it. Oh my god! But incredible, incredible doc. I have to say, it, it wound up being uplifting. Well, listen, you you have always been the pillar of positivity on the show. You're right. you're someone who goes out of his way to inspire others inspire creativity and it's one of the reasons that you know you are such a great part and addition to shot of wrestling here um so i know that this is just going to be a small little challenge a small little hurdle that you're going to be able to overcome uh i'm a big man of faith and i feel like god has bigger plans god has bigger plans and, and you know once this is all over you'll be able to realize uh what those plans are for you and I think you're too talented to be sidelined right now uh, for, and for too long. So uh, obviously, like, you know, you're part of uh, the Satsushin Squad uh, chat that we have. And, you know, of course, you know, I was venting out to the guys. We, we always talk, mm-hmm. right, Satsushin Squad. And, uh, you know, that was one line actually that stuck out with me that you said, actually. Like you, you said, uh, I'm too talented to be on the bench. And I, dude, I, I was, I, it was an emotional day for me. I almost cried again when you said that. Uh, that was that was so touching, and it, for you to say again right now on the air, I I love you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I say it because I believe it. But uh, you know, you you're probably gonna need to restock your your bar, just like everybody else who's <laughs> listening to this episode because they've been at home for about a month, a little bit over a month for for some of us, and you know we we've been drinking, we've been drinking a lot. I've been drinking. drinking. And it's okay. Um, Did you know that Total Wines offers curbside pickup? Like you could place your order at Total Wines and just drive up into a parking spot and they just put it right in your trunk. Someone was telling me about that. I want to give it a shot. You know what I want to try right now? I want to try different stuff. Um, So you're a married man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do do you guys indulge in uh, Total Bellas or Total Divas at all? You know, it's been a while, but we used to. We used to be very addicted. It's actually what brought us together. Uh, to- uh, Total Bellas and Total Divas was the gateway drug for my wife to get into wrestling. Same. Same. <laughs> my, my wife will not admit it, but actually she'll admit to this. She likes wrestling more than she likes football. She'd rather watch wrestling than football. So she loves Total Bellas, loves Total Divas. She, she even listens to the podcast of, mm-hmm. of the Total Bellas podcast, whatever it's called. Uh, I want to try their wine. Oh, but listen, it. 
Total Bellas, Total Divas, Total Wines, none of them are the sponsors of this week's show because we do have a sponsor, Jedi Jack Yeti. Jackson Soren Stickers on Instagram is our sponsor. It's a great sticker company, has a lot of wrestling-inspired graphics. And, dude, their stickers are so dope. And the way that they correlate not just the artwork, but they do some mixes. Like, I love, for some reason, I'm, I'm crazy like this, but they're religious mixes with wrestling. Like, the little baby Jesus with the wing eagle belt is, like, one of my favorite images of them. <laughs> I know there were some really cool ones in there, and like it should be told, I'm not I'm not the biggest sticker guy in the world. But I appreciate good designs, good art. I'm actually purchasing some myself. You know, they had a cool Ric Flair one, an amazing Mr. Perfect, and I've never seen a cool design like this of Gorilla Monsoon. Dude, it's so awesome! Make sure you check them out on Instagram, which will link you to their um, website to purchase some of those stickers. And if you're interested, your boys here at Shadow Wrestling are going to be hooking you up because you could enter the promo code SOW25. And for any purchases of $10 or more, you'll be able to get 25% off. So great savings, great company. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, Michael J. Putty loves stickers. I'm going to send them a little care package after this episode. Quarantine gift. Yes. Quarantine. (laughs) Yes. We need to do that. It'll bring some happiness to people with these stickers. Exactly. A random acts of happiness throughout this whole quarantine, I think would go a long way. Absolutely. And after the week that we just had in professional wrestling, we need to spread some of that love and spread some of that happiness. Uh, Why don't we get into the news and unfortunately discuss some of those tough topics from this week's It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Today, the WWE family mourns the passing of the Dean of WWE Ring Announcing, Howard Finkel. In a career that spanned over five decades, Howard established himself as arguably the greatest ring announcer in WWE history. He was the signature voice that hearkened in the reign of champions. Hallmark sound stamped on some of the most memorable moments in WWE history. Only one of Shawn Michaels' feet hit the floor. And through it all, Howard was never afraid to have fun. This is the look that everybody wishes they could have. Howard was the ultimate impersonator. Always game to boogie on down. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen! And while bowling, tennis, and toupees may not have been his forte. What do you think? There's no question Howard's booming voice and signature style of formal wear as the only wear made him beloved to friends and family alike. Howard will forever be remembered as a stalwart announcer and a loyal friend to everyone in the WWE family. I've had so many wonderful moments, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. It has been a marvelous time for me, the magical journey. 
Like I mentioned earlier, this has been one of the toughest weeks in the world of professional wrestling, and we have some unfortunate news to start off with. The passing of the late, great Howard Finkel. He passed away at age 69. Uh, he had a stroke a year prior and was in bad health preceding his death. He was the first and longest serving employee of the WWE, and it is credited with coming up with the term WrestleMania. Bet you didn't know that one. Here at Shadow Wrestling Extend, our condolences not just to the family and the friends of Howard Finkel, but also the fans. The fans felt this one, Mark. How did you feel about this passing? I mean, how can you not but help feel sad? Howard Finkel is obviously, he's an icon, not in just WWE, but in all of wrestling. You know, every single ring announcer that you talk to or that you've seen, you know, they do their best to emulate Howard Finkel. There's just no replacing him, you know, because of not even just what he's done for the business, not even what he's done as, as a ring announcer, but just as a person. Uh, and, you know, we've seen that, uh, you know, just through, like, you know, the stories that we've heard, through what we've seen, and just how wrestlers speak of him, uh, you know, obviously a true gem, and he's going to be missed. Yeah. In other news... Vincent Mann held a conference call with talent and staff on Wednesday, and it wasn't great news. The meeting- Black Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the meeting lasted less than five minutes, and here are some of the things that came out of the call. Vince said that there will be cutbacks and furloughs for WWE staff and within the company. He said that WWE would cut back on pay for board members and executives. The plans to move WWE headquarters from Titan Towers to the new office in Stanford will be delayed. McMahon also added that they will be cutting the talent roster and overall headcount of employees. Some of them will be furloughed, but others will be let go. Employees will get taxes on their status and shortly after the call WWE released a bunch of superstars backstage producers NXT trainers and WWE employees Um, there is a list and as the hours went on through that Black Wednesday as you call it the list kept growing and growing a lot of them very surprising to many fans let me just read off though what I mean there were a couple of names on there that were surprising, but I think a lot of them at any other day, uh, you know, I, other than a pandemic, you know, I, I don't think it was a surprise to them. But, but, but you know, someone's like Mike Kyoto, that was surprising. Anderson Gallows, that was surprising. Yeah, well, you're mentioning some of them. Let's read down the list. Kurt Angle, Rusev, Drake Maverick, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, Eric Young, Rowan, Sarah Logan, No Way Jose, Mike Chioda, Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis, EC3, Aiden English, Leo Rush, Primo, and Epico. And the list kept growing because some NXT talent was also let go. Uh, but you mentioned there, there's some of them on that list that surprise you. Some of them don't. I personally think that the WWE is just got too much talent. Like there's still yeah. people who are not being used. And this is before you know, the situation that we are in right now. And I, 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 like I said earlier, like what's, what's the silver lining? There's something better that's going to come out of this for them uh, that they may not be able to see right now. You know, they, they right. don't know you what know, it is. It, it's, but the timing is bad though. Uh, you know, because right now for them, you know, WWE, the, the, the creme de la crop in the wrestling industry, the one that has the most money, they can't afford to keep people in their roster right now. So, you know, they, they cut a bunch of people. 
And so people are like, oh, great, cool. We'll see them on AEW or see them in New Japan or see them or whatever. Um, that's not happening. No. Is AEW, do they have the money to hire new people right now? They're they're lucky right now. They're not making cuts. New Japan's not going to hire anyone. No one's going to hire anyone. Indies, that's not happening right now. So it's sad to say that, you know, yes, every year, every time around this year, WWE does tend to make cuts. But do you feel these not, are the people who are on that chopping block? If, think, if we weren't in the situation we're in right now, I think some of them would have been on the chopping block no matter what. Um, I think the the list grew because of the fact that the circumstances, what's going on right now. I I do feel for all of them, every single one of them. Uh, my heart does go to them because obviously I'm actually in a similar position as right. Them. And uh, you know, I the that Drake Maverick video, for example, when he posted on social media, I listened to it on Wednesday. My heart bled for him. I watched it again on Thursday when I found out my news, and uh, I, I cried again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was an emotional day. Yeah, uh, because everything he spoke, I felt because that's exactly what I'm going through. My heart does bleed for him because, yeah, you know, obviously it does free things up for them for when things go back to normal when they get hired from these other promotions, but we just don't know when that's going to be, and that's that's scary. Well, listen, those who were released uh, are all under that 90-day no-compete clause. And um, personally, I think social media, you mentioned you you saw that uh, Maverick video about him being emotional when the news happened. Everybody had something to say. Everybody. Everyone always has something to say. But with social media where... With social media where it is right now, there has been a tweet, there has been an Instagram, there has been a video, there has been a something, li- Facebook Live, they all have voiced their opinions about it, their peers, their colleagues have all voiced their concerns and the way they feel, um, which is something that I've never experienced before and I've never worked in a business, I don't, I don't know if this is how it works for actors as well, but like to be able to be given that news and then have that news be public is insane to me you know if i'm going through a situation where i'm let go of my job i'm furloughed from my job i'm not being able to provide for my family that to me is a private matter that's something that first i got to deal with for myself then get my wife my and my family involved in what we're going to proceed with but to be able to get that news and then two seconds later have the world my parents my family my friends know all about it well, Ava, actually, if it's two wow. seconds later, so in a lot of cases, that's kind. Uh, sometimes you find out about it when everyone else finds out about it on the news. Yeah. Which is even tougher. Uh, you know, these uh, these individuals uh, that were released from WWE, uh, you know, they were told in a phone call in a press conference just minutes before, and then they actually got the news via text. A lot of them. Horrible. And I, I, I think that's actually probably Unprofessional. the worst part. No, that's probably the worst part. If you're let go, uh, at least give me a phone call. Have someone call me. It doesn't necessarily have to be Vince McMahon, you know, but I put in the time effort. Someone like Mike Kyoto, especially, you know, who's put in so much time. I hope to God at least he got a phone call. Right. You know, because that's just how, how long has he been an official for WWE? Right. Senior official for years. Um, everybody talks about wrestlers making sacrifices, you know, referees, everybody who works in that entertainment business makes those sacrifices where they are not around for birthdays, weddings. And, you know, life happens. And you no, know, I feel for them. Um, one thing that did get me upset, that got me riled up was the fact that, I'm sorry, I'm going to throw the fans under the bus, but the fans also took to social media and they had their own opinion to share. And a lot of them were 
making fun, poking jokes, making memes, and trying to make light of the situation, which I'm like, F you, first of all. It's so messed up. Like, how privileged are you? First off, like, I have to say, you know, in this pandemic that we're all going through, how are you not affected by some way? Whether you had it yourself, whether you knew someone that had it, whether you're affected financially, you know, how, how are you not feeling it in some way? Right. And I, I, I just don't get it. And then the other thing is I feel like they use the forum, the, the platform of, you know, the mainstream WWE big company, the machine making these releases to finally voice their opinions and come out and say like, hey, yeah, I, I feel so bad about what's been going on, like and, and voice their concern. I'm like, dude, this has been going on for a freaking months. People have been losing lives. People have been losing their jobs. People's families are in jeopardy. They're losing their homes like I'm sorry that this has not affected you or your circle for the past month, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, WWE talent gets released, and now, oh, now I'm taking it personally. Now it's really hurting me. Like, like I find it a little bit hypocritical. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, especially on social media, you're going to see a lot. Of, you're going to see a lot of hypocrites. You know, it's so easy to type something up on Twitter or on Facebook, Instagram, what have you. Uh, but then it's another thing to say it out loud in person. You know, a, lot, a lot of these people, will, they'll never, ever say to a person's face what they type out half the time. You know, if you disagree with us, I'm sorry if I offended anybody, but, you know, that that's that's my truth. And I'm going to stick no, by don't, it. Don't be, <laughs> don't be sorry. That's your truth. You never, never, never apologize for how you feel, Abel. Listen, this I'm, is I'm, how you feel. Stick to it. I'm, I'm, he doesn't I'm, apologize, everyone. Uh, he doesn't I'm, apologize. I'm the host this week. I got to be neutral in other uh, news. Uh, we play by play. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, held a press conference concerning the coronavirus pandemic and discussed allowing WWE to continue to operate out of Orlando as quote-unquote essential in, uh, businesses. DeSantis noted that there will be no live audiences for WWE live events, which limits the interaction and contact of those who will be present during these events. He also said that people need to look forward to something during this troubling times do you consider uh, WWE men- essential they call it essential media first off yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. You could, do you go WWE essential media come on I mean I I value the fact that they have been able to entertain us the last few weeks giving us something to talk about especially with Wrestlemania do you put get WWE us all together par with Fox with CNN with MSNBC essential with real essential media channels for the culture yeah for the community for the wrestling es- community essential media for for our for our wrestling community for the people who don't have you know all right I wasn't gonna bring it up I'm gonna bring it up Abel go ahead how about the fact that Linda McMahon on the <laughs> same day had up what was it eighteen million dollars in change 18? for Trump's super PAC. When that news broke on April 9th, yes, Linda McMahon did create a, a Trump super PAC, which committed to $18.5 million to Florida. Is that a coincidence? Come uh, on. <laughs> I see her sitting grin. I can see you. We're Skyping right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, could it be? Uh, I mean, on the next day, April 10th, was when Vince McMahon reportedly made the decision to tape live in Orlando. And also around that same time, that, that same time frame, uh, Vince McMahon was picked by Donald Trump to be part of the spearhead to open up the economy in sports. 
Yeah. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? It's all politics. It's all politics. The, the governor is not going to come out and say, hey, yeah, I mean, this is that. Of course, he's going to put out a fucking statement <laughs> saying what he said. <laughs> but we all know the truth. I mean, give me, give me a better lie. Give me a better lie than what we were given. Are you happy that uh, WWE is going to continue with events? Because I, I was, to be honest, I, I thought it maybe another month and the way that things are going, we probably would have a shutdown. We probably will not get WWE programming like we have been these Honestly, last few weeks. I, I, I have to say this, Abel. I appreciate uh, the sacrifice that all the talent, all the crew, everyone in AEW, WWE, Anyone that's still doing shows right now, I appreciate the sacrifice that they're doing. I honestly believe in my heart uh, what Vince McMahon and Tony Khan are doing are wrong. They're they're sacrificing their employees. Mm-hmm. They're sacrificing the employees' families. Mm-hmm. They're they're sacrificing so much. And you know, you all you have to have is, a, is an outbreak amongst your employees to have really bad press. It's going to follow you for a very long time. Yeah, because you you didn't do the right move. You followed the money. And, you know, in one aspect, and I might be hypocritical saying this, I, I actually kind of understand why Tony Khan is doing it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. I, AEW, if they were to close up shop, it would be very similar to how XFL was done. The XFL had to close its doors because it's a startup company. AEW is a startup company. If they were to close up shop right now, mm-hmm. they may never reopen again. Well, listen, so they're, con- they're trying to push through it. According- I don't agree with it. Again, I don't agree with it, but I understand it a little bit more in WWE. WWE can stand to close down its doors a bit and actually look like the bigger company in doing so. And a lot of the WWE employees are also shocked and unhappy with Vince McMahon at his aggressive decision to change upcoming TV from a condensed pre-tape filming schedule to a weekly live broadcast. Now, it has been reported and speculated that the possible reason behind this is the decision that it was due to the contracts with NBC Universal and Fox. As, I call bullshit. <laughs> but listen, in their contracts, apparently, quote unquote, air quotes, you can't see that through the podcast and audio world, but I'm holding up those quote signs, you know, in their contracts, they apparently have 49 weeks out of the year that they need to provide live shows for SmackDown, Raw and NXT. Great. Awesome. Do you not think that <laughs> do you not think that the MLB has something like that in a contract or the NFL, NBA, any other Premier League? Uh, it goes on and TV shows as well. Everything is shut down. Everything mm-hmm. is shut down except for professional wrestling. You don't know mean to tell me there's not a clause in the contract or that they can make special exceptions. I personally think Vince McMahon actually leaked this himself. That, <laughs> uh, hear me out. Hear me out. So that oh. you, so it, it puts USA I and Fox. This. So it puts USA and the and Fox on the spot to make them do their next move. Which would be like, hey, uh, yes, we should probably shut down. Well, because uh, then, yeah, then Vince McMahon can say, oh, we we're shut down by the networks. It wasn't my move. The network shut us down. I'm, I'm laughing at what you're saying right now because I just got an image of Vince McMahon in his office with his cell phone, <laughs> like tweeting, <laughs> due to our contracts, WWE has to provide, you know, live TV, and then hitting the tweet button and then saying, oh, that's good shit. Oh, that's good <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> What else am I going to leak to the media? I'm not denying that that's not like probably a real part in that contract. I'm sure it is. But there's got to be a clause or there's got to be some sort of exceptions. Because how how is it that the MLB, how is it that the NBA, NHL, 
how is it that all sports able to get away with it, but not wrestling? You only think is that, that sports, live sports, have contracts? I'll give them the benefit. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that let's say their contracts do say they need to provide live events. I'll give them that benefit of the doubt. However, we are all in a situation that we've never been in the in the world before, and everybody cannot hold themselves accountable for those contracts because this is unprecedented. You know, March Madness, one of the biggest money grabbers in sports, was completely canceled. Yeah. Abel, completely canceled. You don't mean to tell me that March Madness, there were contracts involved with that with sponsors right. and networks? Right. You're right. You're right. So you're calling bullshit. I, that's why I'm, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> How can you not call bullshit? In other news, this year's WWE Money in the Bank men's and women's match participants will have even more of a unique challenge ahead of them. The match begins on the ground floor, check this out, of the WWE headquarters. But the briefcases that are containing those contracts will be <laughs> on the roof. You can't even, you can't even say it. On you the roof. Pictures have been leaked of them building this uh, wrestling ring on top of Titan Towers. And I'm like, part of me thinks it's, it's like, a, it's good shit. <laughs> really how can it be good shit i mean it's 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 something uh interesting that i'm that's gonna make me watch but another part of me is like come on really like really so so there's the thing are there gonna be ladders are gonna go up elevators like what's what's going on here who knows who knows you know this is the thing it's like mark you, you live in an apartment building like i do right let's say you were getting chase by 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 a serial killer you know so you're running into your building do you take the stairs or do you wait for the elevator you know these are the these are the options these wrestlers are gonna have in front of them like you know who's gonna take the stairs are we gonna see one of those funny elevator scenes that i kind of like yes yes absolutely spoiler alert floor opens then they start fighting again yes (laughs) (laughs) absolutely because that will make it for me in other news, uh, next year's WrestleMania is currently scheduled to take place at the Sophie Stadium in Inglewood, Los Angeles, California on March 28, 2021. But according to an article in LATimes.com, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti has indicated that large gatherings such as concerts and sporting events may not be approved in the city for at least a year. So, right. <laughs> so our hopes of finally coming back together for a moment like WrestleMania in a great place like Los Angeles may not happen. The spokesman also noted that the mayor does not currently have a timeline set in place for Los Angeles to resume running major events and Sophie stadium issued a statement on Twitter and announced that they will no longer launch with the Taylor Swift concert. And I know MJP is very heartbroken along with Nico's Rico's. Well, Taylor uh, Swift also she did cancel all her concerts for the year 2020. Yeah, I'm also a Swifty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the events are definitely postponed through 2021. Yeah, it's it's such a shame, man. Such a shame. I mean, apparently, I mean WWE they do have a Plan B for this. Uh, you know, we all knew what the Plan B was. I think we're all freaking okay. living in a Plan B right now. Like people uh, have I'm, even I'm like gone to Plan I'm D, a plan e. Z right now. Yeah, I, I wish I was on Plan D. I'm, yeah. I'm on Plan Z. Yeah, <laughs> pretty soon I have to make my own alphabet. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna go transfer to the Greek alphabet after that. Yeah, there we go. Alpha, beta, zeta, kappa, <laughs> lambda. I could keep God going. Damn. 
Yeah. I mean, you could go for it. <laughs> I'll keep drinking. But in other news, uh, we could end it on a high note. I know Michael J. Putty likes to do that on the show. Like, I, I think after all that we've done, I please. think we deserve, we deserve some good news. So g- give me some of that good news. G- give, give, it, give it to me. Give you a good shit. <laughs> give it a good shit. All right. Well, give it a big kick. During a recent interview with Muscle and Fitness Magazine, Roman Reigns broke the news that his wife is currently pregnant and expecting twins. Reigns did not reveal either the due date or the gender of the twins. He is also the father of three other children as well. Goddamn. It's like the freaking Brady Brunch over there. I mean, hey, man, he's got the Superman punch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a dude with his schedule, I, you know, we talk about wrestler's schedule being so crazy. Where does he find the time? I can I barely mean, not, find the time. Not for nothing. <laughs> the, the small amount of time he gets home with his wife, he's like, come get you some. And then next thing you know, come twins. get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we wish him the very best. Um I, I I have one of my own. Uh, he's three years old, and the last three years have been something that has been a blessing, but very challenging, especially that first year. That's so challenging. I don't know how they're going to do it with uh, with twins. Well, they figure it out. Hey, you know, Abel, actually, while we're in Roman Reigns, I kind of I have something for you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I got to throw something your way. So, uh, in recent news, actually. WWE, Vince McMahon, has uh, brought upon the talent and telling them that uh, Roman Reigns' name should not be mentioned on live TV. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen in the past before, uh, whenever that's announced that someone's not allowed to be mentioned on TV, usually it means that person is no longer welcome to WWE. Mm-hmm. That person does get cut. We've seen a lot of releases. Do you think, is it possible... But after Roman Reigns dropped out days before WrestleMania in the main event, is it possible with Roman Reigns being on the sh- on the bench for the Lord knows how long, collecting this big salary, is it possible Roman Reigns gets released? That is a very good question, and I think we should throw it to the fans. <laughs> Hit our social media and <laughs> answer Mark Schwann's question. Uh, do you think Roman Reigns is next on the chopping block to get him released because his name is the new name not to be mentioned? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what everybody has to say and bring it back on next week's show. Mark, you had a great interview. Go ahead. With the AirPod God himself, he is the MLW Caribbean champion, Richard Holiday. What a pro. Take it away. It's a consumer-driven industry. You have to understand your audience, what attracts them, and what will allow growth. Marketing is everything. It's all around us. It's what you see. It's what you hear. It's the single most important thing a company can invest in. You must invest wisely. There's thousands of wrestlers out there, but only one is truly marketing.
Welcome everyone, it's me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, with a very special interview. He's not only the Consumers Champion, but he is the MLW Caribbean Champion as well. He is the AirPod God, I'm talking about the most marketable, Richard Holiday. Richard, how you doing, man? Well, I would doing well as you would assume that I'm doing, which is fantastic. You know, there is nothing that can possibly stop my attitude from changing the way that I live my life. There is no virus. There is no pandemic that can possibly stop myself from breathing rarefied air on a daily basis. Oh, I believe it, man. Listen, I know a lot of people taking this time right now to self-reflect or maybe even try to find a way to evolve. Is there anything you're doing as well? Can we expect some different things when things come back to normal here? Well, I am currently working on a uh, project, um, which is in the preliminary stages at the moment, which I think would be rather fun for the consumers and would be something a little bit different, a little bit unorthodox from what they're used to from me. And, you know, it's, again, in the preliminary stages, but if it does come to fruition, it, it could be something uh, quite riveting. Uh, until then, I, I am just focusing on myself, focusing on, you know, bettering myself in, uh, in these tragic times and keeping a positive mind state and Again, there, there are things that I'm working on, but I'm going to keep it hush at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. You're a shower, not a teller, right? For sure. You know, you got to put things out there into the universe. Sometimes you need to speak them into the universe in order to make them happen. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's go back to early on in your life, a little bit earlier in your career. I know you always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And in no football, you had no desires to go that route professionally. Do you remember what the exact moment was where you're just like, all right, I need to do this now? Surprisingly, I, I do. I believe it was sophomore year of college. I had just finished the season. I believe the season had just ended for my sophomore year and, and we're going on winter break. And I, I had gone home from college and uh, looked at myself in the mirror and I had just said, well, you know what? I'm going to go back for my spring semester at this institution but i am no longer going to play football i think i'm going to leave that in the past and after the spring semester i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and get the transfer papers ready and leave schools go to a different university finish my degree in marketing i'm going to become a professional wrestler so i think it was right around that time i might have been 22 years old the passion and desire to be a professional wrestler was always there it was just putting the wheels into motion and i think myself looking looking myself in the mirror and and, and starting to rationalize you know, the difference between wrestling and football, the decision became clear. And here on out, it was it was all about pro wrestling. And it sounds like you made a very wise decision. Now, I obviously know you have a very close relationship to your father and with your parents. How did they feel about that decision? Were they supportive right off the bat? Well, of course. I mean, my lawyer slash my father was always, you know, very supportive of, of me being a professional wrestler because he knew that you know, that's where I would, would flourish and eventually make a ton of money. So it's it's the long game with that. It's being persistent and understanding the future, looking at long-term gain, not just short-term gain. And not even in comparison to football, just the opportunity that pro wrestling presents in its own. And that was always attractive to us. And that was always kind of the mindset in terms of that and anything that we do. No, that's fantastic that you had that, which is a great foundation to have there. Well, for sure. Now, some football athletes, or even athletes from different sports, when they transition to wrestling, they often they have to have a hard time with it. What did you find your toughest transition was from football to wrestling? Um, I didn't find very much of a tough transition at all. In fact, I, I found it quite easy, and I, I believe that 
football had helped me in that transition because so much professional wrestling, you know, to somebody who wouldn't really understand is, is footwork and positioning yourself in the ring. Absolutely. And a lot of people are very sloppy when they get into a wrestling ring, whether it be running the ropes or, you know, just putting themselves in certain positions. And that was never an issue for me, especially with the position that I played. I was, I was actually an, an offensive lineman. You wouldn't really know that looking at me now, but that's what I played. And that position is really its grassroots. The, the foundation of being an offensive lineman is footwork and positioning. So that easily helped me translate. And it was, you know, just the fact that I had, you know, overwhelming charisma, great articulation skills, good looks, height, strength, power, whatever the case may be in terms of being successful at pro wrestling. That's why it was such an easy transition for me. It was just a good blend. Now, why is it, do you think that some athletes don't necessarily make that transition so well? Do you think it's a charisma factor? Well, without a doubt, I, I think charisma is the most important thing in pro wrestling. If you don't have it, you won't succeed. Well, you won't reach a certain level of success. Maybe that's a better way to put it. For, for myself, you know, it, it was easy. But yeah, there, there's plenty of athletes out there who they just don't have it. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you got to have it. And that's such a tough thing to, to peg what it is. I think it is different for everybody. But a lot of people just don't have anything. They just don't have the charisma or the star power or the presence that it takes to be a pro wrestler. Although they might be a, a phenomenal athlete, that'll only get you so far. Right, and we've seen that time and time again. People with national athletic abilities, they just fizzle out because they don't necessarily have that je ne sais quoi. Oh, for sure. They just don't have the connection that it takes. Yeah, it's all about connecting. I've seen your interviews, and I see you on TV. It doesn't seem like there's much of a difference from what we see in TV in real life. Is there at all or no? Or am, I, am I reading that wrong? No, what, what you see is primarily what you get. There's the old, you know, adage in, in wrestling is, you know, you need to just be you turned up to 10 or turned up to 12. And that's really not even the case for myself. I'm just, that's just who I am. You know, whether it be the way that I dress or the AirPods or the coffee that I drink, the way I like to live my life, the way I like to go out, you know, the, the women I associate myself with, the way I talk, the way I walk, that's me. It's 100% me. I wouldn't say that it's really turned up much at all. Sometimes I'm a bit more energetic. Sometimes I'm a bit more relaxed. In, in this present moment, I'm a bit more relaxed. If I were in front of 5,000 consumers, well, I might be a little bit more energetic. So it's all placement. It's all you know relative to, to the scenery. But really for all of it, it's, it's just me. Now, was that always the case, or was that just over time uh, as you developed your skills in the wrestling? Uh, because I remember you mentioned uh, in a, another uh, another podcast that you felt like you may have had a bad reputation early on. Do you think that had something to do with it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, because typically when you enter pro wrestling, there's a, there's a very big respect factor um, associated with it. And, you know, I came in and I'm just 100% me. So... 100% me, maybe with no backing behind his name, might really rub some people the wrong way and might people might make people look at you a little bit differently. And do I blame them? No, of course not. You know, I came in very brash and, and very full, you know, of myself and my abilities because I knew, you know, the cream always rises. It's eventually going to rise. And it has risen without sounding too sacrilegious there. It has. And I have. And now... People just kind of accept my personality for what it is. You know, it's just, that's just rich, which is fine. You know, I mean, back then, if I rub somebody the wrong way, so be it. So I take it you were never young boys at all. 
not really. I mean, what were they possibly going to do to me? You know, and that's not really, you know, coming from a, uh, a self-centered perspective, but I wasn't going to take it even if they were going to try to. These are different times. It's, you know, you know, I started training in 2015. It's not like I started training in, you know, 1985. I would imagine things might, might have been a bit different back then in terms of the way that people broke in. But I guess, thankfully, quote unquote, breaking in when I did might have worked in my favor a bit more. No, absolutely. Huge difference between those different time frames, what you mentioned. Richard, I know you're a master of marketing, and I, I kind of wish more wrestlers uh, took that on. I, I feel like there's a, there's a lacking there in their marketing skills. You know, what are some uh, what are some things that you see that marketing fails in the professional wrestling community? Well, I think a lot of people fail to market themselves properly on you know several different levels. I mean, there's so many different ways to market yourself. I mean, there's there's immediate marketing. What I mean by that is when you walk through the curtain you are immediately marketing yourself in terms of the way that you present yourself. Presentation is marketing, and it should be looked at it that way. If you present yourself as a star off the rip, then people are going to believe you're a star, and then once they believe you're a star, then they're going to know you're a star. It's, you know, perception is very much reality, especially in pro wrestling. So immediately recognizing what a star should and should not do, um, whether it be gear, whether it be moveset, whether it be entrance music, whether it be the way that you walk, all of that is marketing. Then there's, you know, marketing that is a little bit more traditional, whether it be social media marketing, whether it be merchandise, memorabilia, whatever the case may be. Understanding your target demographic and understanding the consumers around you is wildly important and you know, you got to understand where you want to be and how you need to get there. And, and marketing is going to be the way to ultimately make that happen. So luckily for me, I, I have a degree in marketing and I understand it uh, much more so than, than really most people in pro wrestling. Uh, I'd like to think so at least. And that's what's helped me the most. Because marketing, I, I feel like just doesn't get enough love in the wrestling world. I, I don't even know if it's something that's necessarily taught in a lot of uh, wrestling schools. No, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, listen, marketing isn't uh, a headlock and a, and a tackle. You know, it's, it's not something that a lot of the trainers know. It's not, they weren't taught marketing, but thankfully I was. And, you know, I always knew it, was, it would be very important to have a degree prior to going into pro wrestling. It's a, it's a lot easier to, to do it in that stage rather than go into pro wrestling and then say, hey, well, maybe a, maybe a degree might benefit me. You know, it's, and it's not a backup plan per se. It's just, it's, it's an enhancement to plan A. You know, the degree was always an enhancement. I never looked at it as, well, this is a good follow-up or a good backup to pro wrestling. Because pro wrestling is going to, to work out. It is going to be, you know, my career. And I never doubted that at all. Pro wrestling at its grassroots is marketing. It's all it is. No, absolutely. How does MLW respond to that? I mean, do they, do they pick your brain at all with uh, some marketing techniques? Or do they help you at all? Or is it like a, some sort of working relationship? How, how does that work? Oh, for sure. I mean, Corp Bauer and myself and the team, uh, the production team at MLW have a fantastic relationship and we're always bouncing ideas off of each other's heads and, you know, what could work and what won't work. And, you know, do they ask me about specific marketing and branding? Well, of course they do. And, you know, there's there's certain things that I ask them. And it's a great working relationship. That's why I feel like myself and MLW have, you know, become synonymous and become quite the tandem. And it's really offered a lot of mental growth, which has been fantastic. You know, teaching me more things about the wrestling business that maybe I didn't know prior to joining the roster. And then, of course, vice versa, the marketing stuff. For me, it's it's been, you know, the perfect relationship. So you're not only just a wrestler, but part of your role there might be slightly marketing as well. There might be a slight 
interesting in, in, in terms of my uh, my knowledge of marketing. Have you helped some of the guys on the back as well? I helped the dynasty. Of course. <laughs> well, I'm going to get into the dynasty then. You know, you guys work so well together. You have such an amazing dynamic, though, for lack of better words. <laughs> uh, your promos. It, it seems like you guys have such a good time doing it together. Are those promos, are they written or is that just something you guys come up with yourself? You cannot possibly write promo for the dynasty. It's just not possible. When we get on in front of a camera, it's just really whatever comes to our heads and whatever we're feeling at that time. And without peeling the curtain back all too much, we do those in one take. We don't redo anything. Why did I have a feeling? <laughs> it's what you see is what we felt and that's what you get. And we're perpetual believers and nope, not redoing it. There's no point because it's never going to replicate it. It's never going to be as good as it was when it's raw and when it's organic. That's kind of my outlook on, on promos in general. I, I never really feel they're as good as the first one. When you're good at promos, I need to preface that statement. When you're, when you have the ability to speak, typically they are never as good as your first one. There, there are people out there who are not good at promos and probably shouldn't be in wrestling anyway that have to do multiple, multiple takes. That is, and, and that is, to me, not really a promo. That at that point, that becomes, you know, a script because you're probably having so many people say, "Well, why don't you say this? Why don't you say that? And say it like this? And say it like that?" That's not the way that the dynasty really operates at all. Well, I feel like I could talk to you all day about that part, but move along with the dynasty. You know, I'm part of a faction myself, and you know, of course, there's some like some road bumps when you first start out together. What did you guys find was your biggest road bump when you first started together? Well, when me, Max, and Hammer first got together, it wasn't so much a road bump, but it was a, more of a, well, how are we going to make this work? Because we're three type A personalities, and we're three alpha males, and we're three guys who could shine as bright as really anybody. How are we possibly going to coexist? Exactly. That was, that was kind of the initial feeling. And you'll see in some of the very, very, very early Dynasty promos that they're not what you see now. You know, the, the initial ones, you really didn't even hear much from myself. It was more Max and with Hammer and then not much from me. And then eventually it just came to the point where things just started clicking and different layers started getting added. I always consider the Dynasties like a cake. We're like a really well-baked cake. And we just keep adding layers on top of layers and then putting frosting on the layers and then adding another layer. And then just we're just stacking this cake as high as we possibly can. And there's really no ending in sight. That's kind of the way that the dynasty is. Well, what type of cake would you say you guys are? <laughs> we're, we're a very dynastic cake, probably gluten-free. And I, I'd like to think that we have like a macchiato frosting, per se. <laughs> that would be more my flavor. Who knows what kind of cake it is? That's for the consumers to decide. What kind of cake do you think that the dynasty is? Go ahead and ask that. <laughs> Hashtag that too. Now, what do you feel makes someone dynamic? Well, it's dynastic. And in order to be dynastic, you have to have several qualities that, well, I don't know if I really want to divulge all too much of what I look for when I go into recruitment <laughs> mode. So I want to point out that. Gino Medina was 100% a recruitment from me. He was handpicked. I felt like he was the perfect person to start targeting the Latin demographic and start introducing some Spanish consumers more to the dynasty. And he's done a fantastic job at doing that. Uh, Gino possesses all the qualities that we look for, and he's improving on a daily basis in terms of 
you know, just living up to his dynasty standards and, and what he could bring to the dynasty. So he's been a fantastic acquisition. I don't always go into recruitment mode. I only do when I see opportunity. And there was a huge opportunity presenting itself at that time, which is why he was asked to join. What is something you would say that you've learned from each member of the dynasty? Well, Maxwell, I mean, you can, what can't you learn from Max? I mean, the guy is just as unapologetic and unadulterated as anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Hammer is as dedicated to his craft as I've ever seen. And I'd like to think that I've offered them, you know, some, some knowledge and, and some wisdom um, that they might take from me. See, the cool thing about the three of us when we first started was that while we are very similar and while we all have a lot of similarities in terms of our, just the way that we go about things in our intellect, but we're also very different and we have different, we do have some different perspectives and we do have some different ideologies. And that's kind of where we started to blend and where we started to feed off of each other. If we were just three of the same, then you don't need three. You only need one. But if you have a little something different from all members of the dynasty, then that's when it starts to really get interesting. How long do you think it took you guys to figure out your groove? Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe maybe one show. That's yeah, all it took. Maybe after the first show. I mean, the first show might have been the, when it was kind of new to us and a little rocky, a little rough around the edges. But I think it was New York when we when we got together and just said, no, nah, you know, this is going to be great. Let's make it great. Would you, say, right from there, it became great. would you say that's the moment you knew? It's like, wow, I, I, we definitely have something here. Yeah, it was, it was, it was New York, April, I think it was WrestleMania week, maybe when WrestleMania was in New York and MLW ran the Melrose ballroom and back to back nights. And, you know, we, uh, we main evented against the Hart dynasty and the dynasty came out victorious. And right then and there, we knew we're onto something. We have something big here and let's make it as big and as dynastic as we could. And that's what we did. No, absolutely. I mean, you guys definitely elevated yourself to to the top guys there, MLW for sure. And, you know, MJF, you know, I know his contract expired with you guys. What's it like now without him? Is it, Do you guys feeling that loss at all? Well, I, I'm not going to say that we're feeling the loss. I mean, Maxwell obviously brought a intricate part of the dynasty. I mean, he's one of the founding fathers for sure. He'll always, always be synonymous with the dynasty. And he's always, he'll always be in the dynasty. He still is in the dynasty. That'll never go away. And while he might not be present with us at the moment, no, I, I think we've done an excellent job recovering, you know, because the dynasty is much more than just a group. We're a brand. We can't have the brand take a, a blunder in, in marketing or anything like that. It has to have just as strong as a presence in the marketplace as it did prior, if not stronger. So that's ultimately what my goal was for the dynasty and making sure that the wheels just keep moving and we keep progressing and going forward. So, no, I don't believe that we have any losses um, in terms of a branding perspective, although sentimentally, of course, it's, it's difficult to, to not have Max with us. I'm sure you still keep in touch with him, right? Oh, without a doubt, of course. I, um, I'm seeing in the news, MLW, I sign more and more TV deals from, from abroad. You know, some of these nations, they may not have any idea what MLW is or who you guys are. You know, what, what's one thing that they should be on the lookout for, for MLW besides you guys? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the main attraction there for them? Well, I think the sales pitch for MLW is right in its, its name, which is MLW Fusion. And what we mean by fusion is that 
on any given week, there are so many different styles of wrestling that you're going to be able to watch and consume, whether it be dynastic wrestling, such as the Dynasty, whether it be somebody like Jacob Fatu, who is an in-your-face Samoan uh, world champion, caliber wrestler, whether it be you know deathmatch wrestling, like that outlaw mud show um, idiot Mance Warner does, whether it's Lucha Libre wrestling, whether you have legends like uh, L.A. Park, or Conan on the show, whatever the case may be, that's what you're going to see. And it's not just your standard wrestling show. It's not just point A to point B. It's it's very unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. The athletes that we have are some of the best athletes in the world. You know, guys like Tom Lawler uh, come to mind when I think about that. And there's so much for a consumer to enjoy when it comes down to MLW. Now, you guys have a diverse amount of talent there on your roster. It's good for any type of wrestling fan at all. Do you feel like you guys don't necessarily get the credit you deserve, though? Well, I, I, I never like to think that we don't get the credit, but yeah, I, I, yes, I, I don't feel like enough people are watching MLW. I think more people will eventually. I do think, think that things are on the horizon that maybe you know may, might even be information that I'm not too privy on at the moment, but I, I think MLW is on the cusp of doing something huge and the dynasty is leading that ship right now. And it's exciting to be, you know, in the position that Hammerstone and Medina are in and myself, because I think that MLW is really going to do something big because it's while this virus is kind of halting the economy in its, in its totality, wrestling, I think is still in the midst of a boom period. It's still, it's going to take a little hit right now because people aren't able to put out product. You know, look at what WWE is doing. They're doing empty arena shows, right? The industry in itself might take a little hit right now, but you can take two steps back and then take, take three forward. And I think that's going to happen with the industry in, in its totality. But MLW, I think, is going to do something huge, whether it be at the back end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. Things are going to start coming off pretty big. But more people should be watching it now. And if they're not, just go on YouTube. Go ahead. You're quarantined. Go watch as much MLW Fusion as you can. Catch yourself up because then you'll be hooked. No, absolutely. Uh, Richard Holiday, thank you so much. I know you have you have to continue your press tour here today. So we'll wrap things up. Thank you again for stopping by for having this conversation with us. Can't wait for MLW to come back. Can't wait to see you guys in action again. In the meantime, where can we find you on social media? Consumers, please follow me at Most Marketable. That is at Most Marketable on Instagram and on Twitter. That's where you can find me. I'm on Pro Wrestling Tees. If you'd like to support, just search Richard Holiday, two L's in Holiday. I have two great designs up there. And in terms of social media, that'll wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you again, Richard Holiday. Can't wait to see you back in action. Guys, back to the studio with you. I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling good. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, everybody, we are back with uh, what a great interview by Mark. Hey, hey, Mark, so good you did over there. What are, what are you working on, my man? Hey, 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 Mark, great interview you had what? with Richard Holiday. Just wanted to give oh. you a shout out on that. Oh, dude, thank you, man. He, like he said, a true pro. I mean, the guy, thank you, actually, Richard Holiday. 
I was taking time. I know he had a press tour for a shot of wrestling. Uh, we do appreciate that. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm a little distracted. I, I, I'm checking out more on Jedi Jack Yeti on Instagram. Did you see the Roddy Piper design? Oh, you're a big Roddy Piper fan. Dude, I love Piper, man. I, I, I want to buy this one as well. Guys, I know we talked about it before. It's going to sound like a stupid plug again. But seriously, uh, these are really, really cool designs. Really well done. Uh, I do recommend check them out. Jedi Jack Yeti on the Instagram. Uh, again, you know, if you put in a code of SOW25 for $10 or more purchases, uh, you're going to get 25% off. That's our gift for you during quarantine. So absolutely check them out. Then I, w- I want to personally see if you guys send pictures to us with those stickers. Hell yeah. Check them out. But it's TV Takedown. Uh, if you are a first-time listener to the show, you know that there is so much wrestling out there. AEW, NWA Power, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's been, there's always just so much, you know. So TV Takedown really takes down that one moment for each of us that really made an impact, an impression. It really made us smile, entertain, sad, whatever it is. Um, that one moment for us. So, Mark, what was that one moment for you this past week? You know, I gotta say, man. You know, there's there's one moment that really stuck out to me, and I don't necessarily know how others feel about this moment or about a video package in general. Mm. But I will I will say that uh, for those that listen, you know, you know how I felt about Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, uh, Rhea Ripley, excuse me, uh, going to WrestleMania. I knew it was gonna be one hell of a match, and it, yes, it was. But I wasn't so sold on the storyline. Like, mm. why is Charlotte? Going for the NXT Women's title after she just won a Royal Rumble. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me, but cool. I'll, I'll watch the match. Until on NXT this past Wednesday, that video package with Charlotte talking about how she beat the past, how she beat the present, and now she's going to dominate the future. Mm. With all these women in the NXT Women's division, uh, you know, she even mentioned, everyone says, that is the hottest spot for women's wrestling is NXT. You know, th- there's the future right there. She wants to right. beat them all. I'm invested now. Charlotte Flair. Imagine like doing what she did with everyone else, with Trish Stratus, the Asuka, the Sasha Banks, all, all the four horsewomen now going on to beat the future. She's going to go down as the true queen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, I get I get what you're saying. And, and I love the power suit, by the way. Did, did you see, what, you know, she dropped the robe and she like put on this power suit. And I'm like, uh, was, she did raw, it with yeah. flair. She, no pun intended. <laughs> and she, she, she just looks the part, man. And like what she did on the XT package, they put great videos together. And then she was talking in between. She just looks the part. She fits it so well. And uh, it does make me look forward now to what she does in NXT, you know, with these future rivalries that she'll have in the women's division. I think it's definitely going to open doors for um, more WWE talent to go to NXT and give that rub to all the future stars of tomorrow. I think this past week in uh, TV suck, by the way. I just got to say that right now. I uh, agree with you. The I'm fact sorry. that I had to pick a video package as the <laughs> spotlight of the week goes to show you how bad it was. It's not just WWE, AEW. I also feel you guys just didn't deliver. Uh, you know, I want to be captivated, especially during this time. I appreciate the effort, but there was not much on TV except one little thing. Ooh, that beatdown on Tommaso Ciampa on NXT by who we know as Killer Cross was. What's his new name? I don't even know his new name right now. 
we know him as Killer Cross. And... They, didn't, they didn't even release it. We had to find out about a T-shirt that was dropped <laughs> on social media. But I thought I'm, I'm a big fan uh, of camera angles and the way things are produced, sometimes even more than the actual action, because I feel like the production really adds to the story that the wrestlers are telling. And I think the way it was shot, it intrigued me. It brought me in. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm glad they didn't. Like, sometimes less is more. Sometimes well, Abel, less is more. Have you ever seen a Paranormal Activity? Yes. Didn't it remind you of that? The, the, the camera shot it was with Chompa, it's just like being pulled away, the camera falling Falls, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you hear all the, the chaos and destruction right, right, going right. on, and then boom, you should see Chompa's face down the ground, and Killer Cross comes in from the shadows. Yeah. It was perfect. It was, it was well done. I don't know why it didn't necessarily stick out with me as much as the Charlotte Flair promo. I, I got to say, I'm not going to lie. I did appreciate what you're talking about. I appreciate everything you, you said about the camera angles and how it was done. Um, I, I, you know, I guess maybe for me, it's the fact that <laughs> it's going to sound so trivial and stupid. I, I'm not liking what they're doing with Killer Cross's name. I, I, I'm just <laughs> not, I'm not digging it. It's Brother, it, 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 it just took a notch down. Don't, don't, don't get, get hold up on the name because I guarantee you as the months go by, the years go by, that first He's name gonna is going to get cross. dropped. It's just going to be cross. It's going to be cross. It's just going to be cross. So don't, yeah. So don't even that. get hung up on the name. When I saw it, I did not think of Paranormal Activity, but I did. Uh, we recently did a um, kind of a flashback interview where we revisited our interview with Joe Gacy, Jimmy J, and I, and we posted it on YouTube. We actually gave Joe Gacy a call to catch up with him, and he's a big horror fan, and and he was very vocal about like you know why he appreciates horror movies and he hates remakes, right? And one of the things that stuck in my mind about it that when I saw this was so true to his point was that he said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first one, the original, was so yeah. great because you didn't know too much about Leatherface. It was just this crazy maniac who came out of nowhere, had no backstory, had nothing. Like, it was just like, holy shit, what is going on, you know? The, that, that feeling of the unknown kind of allowed you to fall into this like i can't control this i'm scared like it, it, anxiety kind of builds well, you're up you're touching on a good point though Avo, because like let's 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 be real how many wwe fans really know who killer cross is right exactly so i, I think very few right so yes in our independent scene we know very well who he is but to the mainstream Absolutely. fans even even us you know, let's take this back five years ago where we were big to just WWE marks. We didn't know much about the independents. You know, we wouldn't have known who this guy Killer Cross was. So, And I think actually, I think wrestling fans will be surprised. I think that's the mass majority of wrestling fans. The fact that they're just WWE, uh, as you said, WWE marks, just WWE fans. Uh, you know, most of them don't know anything else other than WWE itself. So they see an individual like Killer Cross come in there. Again, his name hasn't really been dropped yet. Yeah. Other than what we've seen in social media, as far as the T-shirts and yada yada. I'm intrigued. But, I'm I'm very you know, intrigued. Th th there's that mystery element that you that you brought up so eloquently, and uh, yeah, it draws you in. Even the fact that you know we know who Killer Cross is, and we're still drawn in by how it was done. It was great work. I'm just hoping that this is the building of a continuation of what they did this past week. That this is not just. You know, their introduction, their way to introduce Cross, and then down the line, we're going to lose that 
unknown because he's a maniac like if you think about it like his his gimmick his his style who he is he he's someone who should not be untrust who should be untrusted who you don't know what's going on in his mind who could snap in an instant and that's who that character is uh so i want to see more of that and hopefully it, it continues to be reflective so that's my tv takedown for this past week on a week where wrestling sucks a week, week where wrestling is like I, i'll give you that it was good but for me, honestly, like I, as I said, you know, because I wasn't sold on the storyline with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Uh, the fact is that they, they released a simple video package, which actually brought me in more so. And, and, and again, I can't stress enough, thinking about all the matches that Charlotte Flair is going to have in, the, in NXT with, um, with the likes of maybe even Mia Kim, uh, with maybe a rematch with Rhea Ripley. Uh, I know Bianca Belair, she went on to Raw, but there's mm-hmm. no time. I mean, Bianca Belair could co- possibly come back, and we could see a wonderful matchup between Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Blackheart, uh, the list goes on, but the names are uh, uh, Leo Shirai. I, again, uh, like, I, can, I can just go on with names, and we're going to see possibly five-star clinics. Yeah. And that's something to look forward to. And, and again, you know, I'm all about the story. Her story now is she wants to dominate the future because she, she already dominated the past, she dominated the present, and way to shut up the critics and destroy the future. As well. in, a, in a strategy perspective, I think it's one of the most smart storylines that I've seen in a champion in a while. Because if you think about it, it's original. Know, How, who else has done that? Yeah, a champion is always waiting for that challenger to come to step up you know john cena with his open challenges like you come you find me you know where i am everybody's you know finding you this is an opportunity where the champion you know became a champion and now is looking for that challenger and is looking to instead of waiting for that superstar that top tier talent to come to them she is going to annihilate that talent before they get to be top talent. Like, you you think you're the future? Come up against me because I'm going to change that about you. You don't even know what the future is. And it also doesn't make you curious to who's going to beat her for the NXT Women's title. Who's, who's that person going to be? Brother, I got. I don't even think she's on the roster yet. Wow. <laughs> I, we can even see, hey, listen, we're New Yorkers. We can even see Charlotte Flair versus Mercedes Martinez. Ooh, that you do that'd be a wild match to see. I, it's just the possibilities there. The, yeah, are, are just gonna be endless. We could do a lot of dream matches, uh, but that's not what this show is all about. Uh, just small pieces yeah. of it. This, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you actually, if you did listen to last week's show, we did. Uh, announced that we were going to do a fantasy booking because we did get we do get frequently asked you know what if uh sow did a match what if they put a show together why don't you guys you know make yourself a promotion and you know we're just going to have fun and do a fantasy booking unfortunately due to the horrible week that of wrestling we just had and with the releases and the death of finkel we just didn't think it was the right time the right moment to really talk about that um so it will be postponed but we will be opening up the promo hotline. I teased it a little bit earlier in the show. The promo hotline, you could dial it up, 619-343-3005. And who, who, who's going to be on it? You have to call and find out. But this is what you do. Once you find out who's on it, they're going to cut a promo on you. And then you're going to cut one right back. We're going to play them on future episodes of A Shot of Wrestling. And then we're going to select a winner 
who will win some prizes. We got some shirts to hand out, some DVDs, some things here and there. So it's going to be fun. Some go home thoughts for you, brother. (laughs) You know, I got to do, I got to do some wedding thank you cards. Apparently you haven't done that yet. I haven't done that yet. So my, my brother-in-law got married, um, Dude, I've been to two weddings after your after yours <laughs> happened, and I've already gotten their thank you card. So my brother and you and have to write them out. By the way, you can't just order them. Yeah, yeah. So my brother and I got married in February, right? Like February. I was married July last year. He already sent out the thank you cards. Yep. Made us look so bad. Yeah. Like, you know, the families are hitting that us bum. Up. That like, bum. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we we got we got we got uh, his thinkers. Why don't we get anything for you? I'm like, are you kidding me right now? You bro, kidding me? You you <laughs> should turn heel on your family and just be like, because I'm not appreciating you coming to my <laughs> wedding and eating all my shit. I should drop some. Maybe like you should have given me a better gift. I don't know. So my go home thoughts is uh, I'm gonna be thinking cards for uh, for the next month probably. <laughs> We do have to report, uh, Michael J. Putty mentioned it last week, so we want to give you guys an update. BWF senior official Alphonse Stevens is home and recovering. He still has a long road ahead of him, and, but he says he is feeling a lot better than he was. Um, so our thoughts and prayers continue uh, to be sent out to his recovery uh, as he recovers from this crazy pandemic that we've been experiencing. I think as the time goes on, more and more people are being affected. I know a good friend to the show, Ace Andrews, recently posted on his social media that his mom had COVID um, and he opened up and shared, you know, that she's doing better now. But what a scary, scary moment. So I'm sorry to end up on on that dark note, but it is the times that we're living in. There are things that are more important, but we're hoping that just by listening to this show, we brought a little bit of entertainment to you. With a small dose of reality, or maybe a large dose of reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, it, it is a it is shot of wrestling, so we sound a lot better when you're taking some shots of wrestling with us. So make yes. sure <laughs> you, yes, you maybe, hit that. Maybe, maybe we should turn this into a power hour. Hell yeah, <laughs> brother. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> but you know in the meantime guys uh i want to say thank you again uh in all sincerity to richard holiday uh he he did take a lot of time out uh his busy schedule to to join us for an interview it's my second interview ever uh so hopefully you know i lived up to to the great abel here who does amazing interviews all the time oh i like that abel the great abel the great let's not get (laughs) to your head right now i can easily pull that back (laughs) but uh you know much thanks again to him Guys, I just want to say a small little quick note here. Uh, Wearing a mask right now is not a substitute for social distancing. So keep in mind, practice both safely. (laughs) On that note for Richard Holiday for... The Hollywood Assassin, Mark Schwann. I've been able to green man. Good night. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing. Hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>